This is the John Oakley Show podcast. And away we go. It's hour three on a great day for talk radio. And uh, we've got a lot to discuss in this hour ahead, including Mitzi Hunter is going to join us, the finance critic for the Ontario Liberal Party, uh, on the matter that the financial accountability officer who was with us in hour one has come out with a report and he shows that upward income mobility in Ontario has largely stalled. How and why? Uh, Not a good development necessarily, but uh, we're going to find out why that is. And Mitzi Hunter is going to weigh in with her point of view. However, off the top, you know, we were talking last hour with our panel about uh, this Ministry of Truth, euphemistically called, because the Liberals came out federally yesterday with uh, an announcement that they're pouring $7 million into, uh, I guess, some kind of convention that looks into uh, whether or not people are being duped by certain bots and uh, dubious news sources. And uh, in the lead up to the election, that could have, uh, let's say, subversive effects to our democracy, as people suggest happened to America in the election in 2016. Well, on that point, and uh, some other good stuff, our friend Dan Riskin is back with us, Canadian evolutionary biologist and media personality. Dan, always a pleasure to have you in studio. The pleasure's mine. So on this matter of fake news, uh, let's start with that, because I guess there's a new study out, and uh, it has to do with fake news. Everybody's sort of drilling down on this thing. As an evolutionary biologist or one who's just, you know, uh, interested in... uh, Evidence, evidence-based uh, type of scientific finding. What do we know about fake news uh, based? Let's say, can people figure out what is fake and what is not? I mean, the Liberals set up this thing yesterday uh, saying they're, you're going to need some kind of hand-holding to disseminate information. Do you think we need that? Well, yeah, it's it's such a hard question because there's no, there's no doubt that what happened in the States in 2016 is not a model for how Canada should be moving forward, right? Where you have foreign players that are introducing stories from some factory somewhere in whatever country, Russia or some other country, that's influencing people's decisions. And so... The big issue is the proliferation of hyperpartisan news or just full-on fake news that shows up on your Facebook feed or whatever social media you're using right alongside the stuff that you can trust. And so there's a tendency to sort of look at that and say, ah, I wish everybody could see it the way I see it because it's so clear that this is true and this is not true. But in the back of your head, you know that people on the other side of a divide might see the inverse, right? And so how do you deal with that? And so there's a, a the knee-jerk reaction is for a government to say, we'll take care of this and we'll say which one's true. But of course, those are the exact words used by despots, right? <laughs> so you can't, it, it's a very fine line. What would be perfect would be if you could somehow democratize that part of it. If you could just trust humanity as a collective to somehow do this. And Facebook had offered the the possibility that what they might do in response to the fake news problem would be to have people uh, rank how much they trusted different news sources, but they worried about who would be able to, to speak on those topics. And so they said, well, you'd only want to trust people that were familiar with those sources, that, that read them regularly, that might, uh, that might be able to say whether it works or not. But a new study just came out in a very prestigious journal, Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences, so that right away, as soon as it's in that journal, you know it's probably a big deal. Two authors, one of them is from MIT, the other one is from the University of Regina in Saskatchewan. I always like to see some Canadian content in these. And what they did is they did a poll of people and they got 50% Democrats, these are people in the States, they got 50% Democrats, 50% Republicans, and they presented them with a bunch of different websites. Some were full-on fake news, some were hyper-partisan, either 
left-leaning or right-leaning, and then some were the traditional MSNBC, uh, CNN, Fox, whatever, the, the main ones that people watch. And what they found was it sort of gives you hope for the future because it turns out that it doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican. It doesn't matter what your views are. You can tell the difference between these fake news slash hyperpartisan news sites and the regular ones. And so when asked how much they trusted these different sites, Democrats and Republicans alike show a total separation of those two sort of spheres. In fact, uh, Republicans will trust MSNBC more than they'll trust some of these hyperpartisan right-wing ones, and Democrats will trust Fox News more than they'll trust the hyperpartisan left-wing ones. And so uh, you, you wouldn't expect that there was that common ground because it seems like common ground has completely vanished from the conversation, but there is a sliver of hope. So not everything is as polarized as we're led to believe, or on the extremes anyway, uh, far right, uh, far left, you're saying uh, there's something redeemable because those people are marginalized uh, by even some that might be seen as fellow travelers. They're, yeah. They're... Whether they agree or not is not what they were asking. They were asking how trustworthy those sites were. Right. And so what Facebook or some other social media company could do is say, hey, when you're clicking on this link, we're going to poll our viewers across the board, no matter how much exposure you have to these different sites, and we're going to say, how much do you trust this website that you're going to? And, and based on how much people say they trust it, then you make an algorithm that weights those more heavily as ones to show people. So things that are trusted more get shown more, and things that are trusted less get shown less. And that might be a way to filter some of that hyperpartisan slash fake news stuff out from both sides of the divide. And you could, what they're saying is, you can trust people across the political spectrum to come to a consensus on this. It's not going to be that the Republicans are pushing for uh, right-wing sites and the Democrats are pushing for left-wing sites. If you ask the question the way that they asked it, uh, then you might find that the truth can somehow be separated from the fake stuff. And that would be nice. What's interesting is that the, the Republicans actually, when you look at how big the separation is in trustworthiness between the, the sites, you know, the, the, the normal cable news networks, for example, and the hyperpartisan sites, the Republicans don't have as big a spread, but it's only, it's not because they trust those fake sites anymore. They distrust them just as much as Democrats do. It's just they don't trust the regular media as much as the Democrats do. And that's per perhaps because Donald Trump's always, you know, bashing the, 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 the news media that might cause Republicans to trust it less, but they feel the same about those fake news sites as, as Democrats do. So it's so. an issue of credibility as much as anything. Yes, it nutshell. is. And yeah. But you know, here's where I get confused by this uh, sort of paradigm that you're talking about. Let's take climate change. Mm -hmm. And the more I read, I mean, uh, there are persuasive cases being made, let's say, by both parties. Mm -hmm. And so uh, somebody's got a lot of letters in the back of their name, you know, degrees coming out the yin-yang mm -hmm. and suggesting, you know, it negates something you read from another source that has an equal number of letters right. coming. So I might think uh, I'm fairly perceptive. I don't know what's the truth in all of that matter. Right. And so what what this would do, if, if you take that, that issue and you brought it to here, uh, what would happen is that people wouldn't be asked, do you believe what these sites are saying about climate change? They'd say, okay, here's an article you're reading about climate change. By the way, how much do you trust this source? And their ranking on how much they trust the source is separate from the question of wh what do you feel about the content of their reporting? And if this, the main... The main uh, 
the main uh, speakers, the CNNs, the the MSNBCs, those the NBCs, if they are saying uh, the same thing, uh, that is what's going to bubble to the surface on people's news feeds. If the stuff that's not trusted gets filtered out, then what's going to remain is sort of the uh, the steadfast of what what what's showing up on the main networks. And when it comes to climate change, uh, I mean, I I'm a biologist, so I'm very very convinced by the data that I've looked at. Uh, that is a that's a real thing. And so what you would expect to have happen is that the 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 news sites that are using uh, credible sources that are trusted would be telling the story that they get from those sources, and the sites that are hyperpartisan on either side of the divide that are maybe crazy left or crazy right, if they're not using credible sources, those ones would be filtered out. So to your mind, the science is settled. Oh, well, on that issue, the science is settled. But this is this is a separate thing. I mean, I don't think that this is a paper about uh, what how things should be settled on topic by topic and, and, you know, what's the science on this and what's the science on climate change, what's the science on, uh, on evolution, what's the science on these different things that have debates. Okay, but here's the question then. I mean, if there is a preponderance, a preponderance of, uh, let's say, a school of thought, it would have its own gravitational pull, though, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. And so, look, there have been books written about, say, bias in the mainstream media. Mm-hmm. And the documentation, I remember when Bernie Goldberg, who uh, worked for 26 years at CBS, wrote a book way back, I guess about 10, 12 years ago, called Bias. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had validated the uh, point of view that there was a, a left lean in mainstream media because 90% of uh, news directors and editors and assignment desk people uh, identified with the left, if you will, or mm-hmm. the Democrat Party. So that was the way he substantiated that claim right. and said it was borne out. So, I mean, then if you've got that, that tends to shape a certain school of thought that then believes some to be credible and others right. less so. Well, the way that they, the metric they used for how trustworthy a site really is, uh, is the fact checker index. And so what they did is for each of these uh sites, they had professional fact checkers that went through articles and counted how many falsehoods there were. And all websites have mistakes and falsehoods. Um, but, you know, when they look, when they show their rankings, the New York Times comes out as the number one, the Washington Post comes out as the second, CNN is the third, the BBC is the fourth, and it goes goes on. And then, you know, it crosses this this threshold where it goes out the other side. And then you have things like Breitbart.com, CrooksAndLiars.com, DailyCaller.com, uh, rawstory.com, and it just keeps going. And there's actually quite a quite a lot of these sites uh, that that the fact checkers find it's more fake than real. And so, using that index, uh, just how verifiable are the facts that are being reported? Uh, I think is hopeful. I mean, it, it it doesn't address which stories they choose to to cover, right? Which might be closer to what you're talking about. But when it comes to just when there's a blatant falsehood stated in a source, it can be very frustrating because your grandmother forwards it to you and you're like, come on, grandma, that's not true. And you can't trust that website. You should know that mm. this would be an algorithm that would prevent grandma from seeing it in the first place. But it wouldn't be your government preventing it. It would be the collective. All right. Uh, so the new story comes with a link to cat videos. I guess I do. Yeah, uh, those see you that can always a, believe. They're all true. <laughs> a flag with Dan Riskin. Canadian evolutionary biologist and media personality. On another matter, uh, this is something that people could not believe. Uh, we saw where in the uh, NFL's uh, championship game mm. uh, with the uh, Saints and uh, Rams, uh, 
there was obviously a case where there was an egregious foul committed, but it went unnoticed by the referees mm-hmm. and so on and so forth. But you uh, actually have a study that says instant replay might be an especially good time to advertise if we could always have instant replay. But, but uh, explain to me how this study works, and I because I see an inherent flaw in this. You t- yeah, yeah. Well, let me set it up first. So, so this is a this is unreal. I mean, the the Super Bowl is coming up, and it is based in football. But the idea was, uh, you know, you're thinking about advertising, and you're an advertiser, and you want to put your bucks into the big game, and you want people to spend money on your product. They you want them to like your product. When should your ad appear? And so they came up, the the authors of this study came up with this great idea. I know. You know that moment where something happens, then the other team scored a goal or scored a field goal, and now suddenly it's gone to review? Right while they're reviewing it. Show your product then, and then when the call is taken back for the other team and, and the other team suffers a defeat in the instant replay, haha! everybody will feel so good that your product will then stick in their minds and they'll go and buy it. And so they did this whole study around that scenario where they had people read a story about a football game and it's the fourth quarter and you're, the other team scores and it's so terrible and they're your rivals. and But, oh, no, it's called back and there's a video replay brought to you by this nice store and look what happens and you watch it several times and then they call it back and ha ha that other team your rivals don't they don't get the points uh now how do you feel about that that uh, store that we advertise back there and turns out people are like yeah i like the store (laughs) and so what they're arguing is that uh advertisers should flock to advertise during the instant replay because this scenario could make them money well, the converse of that is if it goes against you, the ruling, uh, you're going to feel like a pile of crap and you wouldn't want to really be identifying with that store. What blows my mind, I you know, I read every word of this paper looking for that side of the coin and they dodge that like it's never going to happen. They're like, no, 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 that's a great idea. Every, it, they're going to call it back and then the other team's not going to get the points and you're, everybody's going to love your product. And I'm looking for the, but it could go the other way would be some words they could have used in the paper. They did not. In fact, the closest closest they come to that is now just to be sure that it goes the way you're expecting you may want to have a, a, a delay so the advertisers know what's going to happen before the audience does and so they can choose whether to put their ad in and can you imagine that because then you're watching the game and all of a sudden a big thing comes up for your favorite department store and you're like oh i guess they're going to call that one back <laughs> but it's <laughs> all tied into uh, positive emotionalism yeah. you know you know who's doing that brilliantly mm. actually uh, just as we're speaking it dawned on me uh budweiser with that red goal light that goes on yeah. uh with your team scoring yes there's a direct affiliation you're feeling good team just scored euphoria and right away it's tied into the product isn't it funny how those emotions go you know just this afternoon uh, it's a it's been a funny day for my family my wife was sworn in as a canadian citizen today so i went to her yeah so she's she's born in the states but she moved to canada with me and she's been here seven years and uh and we all sang the national anthem i had my kids there we all sang the national anthem and as soon as that anthem finished i was ready for the puck to drop it's funny how you just you absolutely get into it was not a hockey game but you just have these these emotional moments and sports absolutely bring that out of you and it's a great place to advertise but this was a a funny thing the way they really worked up this whole scenario that could happen once in like a dozen games Uh, but uh, if it does and you advertise they're showing that you people will like your brand a little bit more no word on what happens if your team doesn't get the replay going their way maybe they'll hate your brand forever that was a a major oversight on the part of the people who conducted the study and the reviewers Uh, absolutely right but Dan, it's uh, by the way, as a, an evolutionary biologist, it was nice that you felt 
the impulse to actually uh, start the hockey game or have the puck drop. That's a Pavlovian response, isn't it? It is, it is. And I was drooling, too. <laughs> okay. I, was being, I was being a good Pavlovian. <laughs> All right. That's why I rang the bell. Oh, here uh, I go again. <laughs> All right. Dan Riskin, always great to have you come in and uh, share some insights into the world of science. Uh, fascinating stuff. Thanks it's great again. to be here. Thank yep. you. Look forward to doing it again real soon. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.